Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture on the Rocks. My name is Callan. I'm with Anna. And today we are very excited to be chatting about two premieres of some wonderful shows, um, one of which I will be educating Anna on because she does not watch anything from the Bachelor franchise. That's my forte. So I'll be telling her about that premiere. And then, of course, The Amazing Race. We've been waiting so long for a new season of The Amazing Race. Yes. So pumped to have it back. Yes. Amazing Race fans, you really learn how to be patient because it's just one of those things. You're going to have to wait at least a year probably is at least what it feels like. So it's exciting to see to see it finally after it's been so long. Yes, I am so excited to have it back. Before we get into those topics, we always like to discuss a few things. So Anna, what are you drinking tonight? Well, over the long weekend that we had, Callan and I went on a road trip and had a great time. We stopped in Nashville, Tennessee, and I picked up a Tailgate Cider Company. So I am having their just, I don't see the flavor name, but it's just regular old cider. Like, you know, nothing fancy. (laughs) I assume it's just their premier apple cider that they have. So It is super good, very yummy. Like it says on the can, not too sweet, not too dry. And they put a little something extra, so I highly recommend. It's very good. I like that one a lot. Well, this is not planned, but I also am drinking a cider that we got on our road trip, and it's from Nashville as well. So I'm having the Diskin Cider Um, The flavor is Bob's Your Uncle, and it's a dry English cider. I have had the Lil Blondie one from Trader Joe's before, but our Trader Joe's, and by our, I mean still over an hour away, (laughs) they only carry that flavor. They don't carry the Bob's Your Uncle, so I wanted to try this, especially because I like drier stuff, so it is also really good. Definitely um, recommend. Hmm, good to know. We're definitely becoming cider people. I love the good cider. And yeah, I feel like the more we try, we're becoming cider aficionados. Like, (laughs) it's my dream to be a sommelier. So Mm. now we're moving into the the cider territory. I don't know what you call a cider expert, but we need to be that. (laughs) (laughs) We need that distinction. All right. So what have you been watching? Last night, I actually watched Judy on Hulu. Ooh, Have you seen that? Judy? I haven't. I've only seen the little little advertisement on Hulu, so I have not watched it yet. Yeah, I love a good biopic, and this one is about Judy Garland, for people who don't know who that is. She is Dorothy on The Wizard of Oz, so I'm sure you know who that is. I'll admit for the longest time I didn't know what her name was, so if you like me, no shame. I just love a biopic. They're super interesting to me, and her life was very interesting. Renee Zellweger played her, uh, played Judy Garland, and she did a really great job. I'm a big Bridget Jones fan, so always happy to see her. But yeah, Judy Garland has or had a very tumultuous life. The biopic is is about her time. I think it was five or six weeks that she spent in London, like touring 
the country and doing shows and things like that. And unfortunately, that was shortly or shortly before she passed away. So it kind of talks about like her life there while she was in London, and then also has some flashbacks to her time working for the movie business and what all that goes with and just all she endured in her short life. Yeah, so I took a deep dive into Judy Garland's life after we watched that A Star is Born. Right, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that I've talked about on a previous episode, and I just went through her Wikipedia, and it was crazy, so I'm definitely intrigued, and I always forget that Liza Minnelli is her daughter. I know, it is such, it's such a strange connection, because I... I haven't really seen Liza Minnelli in a lot or like, you know, listen to her music, obviously, but she's in Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what? That is the craziest. Okay, that Judy Garland and uh, Liza Minnelli and then Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. I was like, my mind was blown. I know. It's one of those weird like mother-daughter connections you almost don't think about. Another one is Blythe Danner and Gwyneth Paltrow. Who's her mom? Blythe Danner. You'll recognize her. Blythe? Yeah. She was in... The first thing coming to mind is the lucky one. That is not at all what she's known for. (laughs) (laughs) Blythe Danner. What? You know her? What? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. So if you're listening to this and you don't know who Black Danner is, you've seen her face. Look her up. Wow. What have you seen her in? So many things. And she looks like her, obviously. But yeah, especially these like photos of her. There's one specifically that I'm looking at that looks Mm -hmm. like a younger photo. It's black and white. And yeah, I could definitely see where Gwyneth gets her looks. Yes. Another one is Goldie Hawn and Kate Hudson. Yes, that's a that one was one that really surprised me as well. Oh, one I feel like a lot of people don't know. John Voight and Angelina Jolie. Yes. Yeah. The younger people might know him from National Treasure. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I think that might be me. It's funny because all of these things we say, I feel like older people are like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I know that's not their claim to fame, but I'm trying to relate to the younger audience, okay? Yeah, exactly. We got to know these people. Well, Blythe Danner seems to be better known for her work on Broadway, but I recognize her from Meet the Falkers. And meet oh, the parents. Yeah, I totally forgot she's in that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I recognize her from. That's crazy. And see, none of these people have the same last names. Yes, exactly. So that's why it's like it throws people off because I'm just like, what? I had no idea. Wow. Great trail there. Rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I definitely, I want to watch Judy. Well, I recently watched Studio 54 on Netflix, which Liza did make appearances in the photos. So there's a connection. There you go. What a connection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We did that on purpose. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's on Netflix. I think it came out a couple years ago. And Studio 54 is one of those things that I've always heard the name. I knew that was a place a lot of celebrities went, but I didn't know the story behind it at all. So I really enjoyed that and learning the criminal stuff that went down with it. I didn't know about any of that. If you don't know, it it was a club in New York City in the 70s and these two guys ran it and it blew up. Like if you were anyone, you were there 
And so they have all of this footage and photos of all these celebrities. I'm talking like Michael Jackson was there, Diana Ross, like all these people were going. So it looked like a great party. I wish I could have been there. I'm sure I wouldn't have gotten in, but <laughs> I would have tried. Um, yeah, I think it, uh, yeah, it got pretty exclusive. Yeah, for sure. So, and it was only open for two years when they were running it, so... Anyway, definitely interesting to watch. Check it out if you're also into documentaries. So this is even more appropriate for tonight since we are discussing the Amazing Race premiere. But every week, Anna and I give one reason why we should be on the Amazing Race ourselves. So Anna, what is our reason tonight? Okay, so I I feel a lot of pressure because, you know, it's been a, over a year since we've had the Amazing Race on TV and man, so I'm really excited for season 32. I know it's gonna be really great and I mean, I think we would really excel on that show. So anyway, wanted to share a, just one of the many reasons I think we should be on the Amazing Race. Something that's really important, I think, when you go on a reality show is to have people who are cheering you on. Oh, yes. Right? You would agree yes. with that? Yeah, you need the love. Yeah. So back in... 2016, I went to Hearts of Reality. You know, if you're not in the reality world, it's kind of random, but I highly recommend it. Um, It's a charity event in Orlando, Florida, and it benefits Give Kids the World, which is a charity that Disney World hosts, for example, and several other organizations um, support it. And it helps I don't know if people have ever heard of like the Ronald McDonald House. We have one of those here in Mississippi and it's basically a home for families whose children are have a very serious illness and are in the hospital and so they're able to house the families there and have just kind of a sense of normalcy for their life, you know, just to like so they're not cooped up in a hotel for months on end. So it's a really cool charity. It's really awesome. Um they have tons of charity events and this year they're doing a lot more of like virtual events. But a lot of the reality shows, especially CBS reality shows, gets involved with the charity where you can meet reality contestants. Highly recommend it. It's not very expensive. Uh, and you get to meet a ton of people. So I'm sure we will talk about it. There's some people who are on this current season of Big Brother that I've met in person at this event. Same with Survivor. Um, there were some people from Winners at War last season who I've met. So for example, I might bring it up in the future. So yeah, back in 2016, I met Joey and Kelsey, who were the winners of season 27, the news anchors, if you want the hashtag or whatever. (laughs) I was big fans of them and really loved their gameplay and their relationship was really sweet. Yeah, so I met them at the charity event and we just got kind of talking and mentioned how my friend Callan and I have always wanted to go in The Amazing Race and how we, uh, I think it was that summer we were putting together our audition tape for the following season. And so I had a really good conversation with them and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, y'all would be so great. Y'all sound like you have a great relationship, great rapport. And they were like, well, do you want us to like film something for your audition tape? And I said, uh, absolutely, hello. I would love to have winners be on our audition tape. So, you know, you gotta like speak things into existence. And if you have former winners on your tape, I mean, hello. That's got to mean something. So anyway, our first audition tape has Kelsey and Joey's video. Their video is fantastic. You know, they just know what they're talking about. So 
I think that's a great reason for us to be on The Amazing Race is because we are verified by Phil Kogan himself, along with former winners, Joey and Kelsey. How can you argue with that, people? Come on. I know. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I also love Joey and Kelsey. I loved them on the season. So I and I was not present, so this was an amazing surprise. They're really sweet, and I highly recommend checking out Hearts of Reality and donating. They have tons of just, like, online things that you can bid on. Like, you can bid on, like, Zoom calls with your favorite reality contestants, so I highly recommend that. Like, even that's super fun, and you can bid on, like, clothing items that they wore on their season and things like that. So it's still a good way to support Give Kids the World, even though, you know, the Hearts of Reality event isn't going to happen this year. Highly recommend it. I love that it's fun for everybody. It's basically the Comic-Con of reality (laughs) shows. It really is. But it's for a good cause. So that's awesome. Yeah, one year, hopefully when it comes back, maybe Callan and I will go back and hit up more Amazing Race people. Yes. Or maybe we'll actually be at the event. True. Because we won our season. (laughs) And you caught it here first. Yeah, we'll see y'all there. Well, speaking of reality shows. I'm ready to get educated. Yes, it is my turn to chat about something I've been watching and let Anna in on it. So Tuesday night was the premiere of this season of The Bachelorette, and I first want to say that for as long as I've been watching The Bachelor slash Bachelorette, which is many, many years now, (laughs) it has been airing on Monday nights. So the fact that it is, yeah, the fact that it's on a Tuesday has really just thrown off my game. (laughs) I bet. It makes Mondays positive because you've got something to look forward to you know after that first day back at work so yeah that's that's whatever but anyway (laughs) so Anna I told you on our very first episode actually some of the drama that had been going on between The Bachelorette herself and production yes and I said I was hoping we would see you know, how that all went down. I have not seen how it all went down yet, but I've gotten teasers. (laughs) Okay. I knew that we would see some of her season. I don't really know how long she films. I think it's somewhere around two weeks. So this is all going to happen fairly quickly, I feel like. But the first hour or so, really, of the show was them talking about the pandemic and how filming had been, you know, pushed back because... They were going to start filming in March. Oh, okay. Yeah, so obviously that's when everything got shut down and her cast had already been released. Mm. So she had time to research these people and communicate. We think there might be some illegal communicating, if you will. Anyway, we kind of relived the pandemic. They had footage of her throughout these months of lockdown and what she's been doing. (sighs) You know, like we all were not there and did not experience that (laughs) ourselves. But, you know, had to get Claire's perspective on it. Of course. Then we met the guys and they all came to this resort. So they're not filming at the Bachelor Mansion. They're not living there. They're at a resort in La Quinta? 
That's the hotel, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Anyway. <laughs> I was about to say, they're out of looking to end. Yeah. It's like the bachelor's, we, like, budget has gone way down. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm pretty sure it is in La Quinta, California. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but anyway, it's at a resort in California instead. So they're going to film the whole season there. They're not traveling around, obviously. Right. So all of the guys arrived and, of course, we see them with their camcorders. Um, is that what you call them still? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they're quarantining. And we see them getting, like, COVID tests. Basically, the bachelor is covering all their bases, you know, legally. Right. <laughs> um, and you see people so excited about – it was hilarious because I told my roommate when we were watching it. So, like, Chris Harrison or a producer would show up and say – congratulations like you are you tested negative you're COVID free and I said this is like Maury like it was like congratulations you are not the father congratulations you are not positive like it was just (laughs) yeah that's a reason to celebrate yeah I mean it was and of course you know they're like woo I get to go meet Claire and all that but yeah that was kind of funny to me we had our limo entrances which you know those are the equivalent of like American Idol auditions like that's usually okay. a very memorable moment you'll have some standout people there's usually some gimmicks involved I am not super into the gimmicky intros I like those people that just like play it cool to me those are more memorable at this point because they're not doing something wacky right but I was also that person that kind of got more annoyed at American Idol auditions that were bad instead of like entertained so I guess that's just not my my thing but they're fun so I'll talk about some of the standout people there's a wide variety first of all Claire is 39 she's the oldest bachelor ever so oh so you have some like in their late 20s all the way up to 40 so there's a wide variety pretty broad range of guys here so I will hit on some of hit on touch on maybe (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will touch on some of the contestants that were extra noticeable to me so First, you had Bennett, who is 36 from New York City. He's a wealth management consultant. Bennett went to Harvard and talked about in his intro video that, you know, a lot of times people judge him for going to Harvard like, oh, you know everything, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't personally think he did anything to break down that stereotype. He arrived in his suit with a long white scarf you know draped around his neck and then Uh walked around with a martini all night long (laughs) all right very fashion forward yeah so he's quite bougie and of course guys were commenting on the scarf you know you got to be memorable i'm sure if i went to harvard i would probably be telling people to (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i would wear a shirt that says yeah i went to harvard exactly (laughs) (laughs) so it's a known thing on the bachelor and I guess other reality shows as well, where if you have people of the same name, they go with their initial. Just like Tyler C is iconic from 
last season of Bachelorette, a lot of people you just like, you don't even know them without that last initial. <laughs> there is a girl who won Ben Higgins season. She was Lauren B. Like I, I still think of her as Lauren B. So anyway, it sticks. Yeah. But there's actually two guys named Blake and both of their last names start with M. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Changing it up. Yeah. So we have to have the full name on at all times. <laughs> One of them is a male grooming specialist. <laughs> I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> was there an explanation? No, there was not. Um, there's only been a lot of speculation between me and my friends. Like, what does that mean? Is he a barber? Does he wax eyebrows? See, that's what I was wondering if he's like, does waxing... Mm-hmm. Because it's male grooming specialist. That that makes me feel like it's a little bit more than just like cutting and styling hair. Right. But what do I know? I know nothing. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he himself has very tall hair, you know, very, very done up and then a beard. So I don't know what he's doing for the men in Phoenix, but he's making money, I guess. He's doing it. That's good. Um, And then the other Blake M is from Canada, actually. Oh, wow. Broadening our horizons. Yes. (laughs) He had some one-on-one time with Claire during the episode. And apparently he messaged her like on Instagram sometime during the course of this shutdown. I guess she had been posting stuff, you know, she was going through a lot, maybe some family stuff, I don't remember exactly, but he messaged her to check on her, and she was basically saying, like, to him, you know, we weren't supposed to do that, we weren't supposed to contact, but I, it meant a lot to me that you did reach out. So, yeah, points for Blake, but also, aren't you, like, ratting him out? Like, do people already know? Do the producers already know? that he had broken these yeah rules? i feel like their lawyers are like flipping through the non-disclosure agreement like mm. yeah <laughs> because he was just kind of like smiling and nodding his head like <laughs> he's like why are you writing me yeah. out like uh nobody knew that but okay yeah so <laughs> so you have some people with some great like some very impressive jobs um there's a sports marketing agent, a professor of journalism, aeronautical engineer, anesthesiologist. Like, you've got some really impressive jobs. Yeah. And then you have Kenny, who is a boy band manager. That is my dream. (laughs) Maybe the most impressive job of all. But he lives in Chicago, so we're trying to figure out who is he managing from Chicago. Hmm. Does right. he bounce around from boy band to boy band? Does Is there one that he's working with that we don't know about? I'm very curious. Is there a major record label in Chicago? Not that I'm aware of, but there definitely could be. I'm not I'm not sure. So very curious hmm. about Yeah, about that. definitely. One of the stars of the night for sure is a guy named Easy E-A-Z-Y. He, I just already feel like is going to be a standout. He was in a pink suit rocking it awesome i love it very bold just you know not shy at all i think he's gonna be really really fun yeah but i guess the person most talked about since the premiere and even before is dale so he is a former pro football wide receiver he is 31 i think he is very good looking but um claire is 
having love at first sight. Oh, wow. He got out of the limo. They had their little exchange. And when he walked into the house, she looked at the camera crew and said, I think I just met my husband. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's a big statement. <laughs> it sure is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh. What's this guy's name again? Dale. I'm going to look him up. Yeah, look him up. Get a, a picture in your head. What's his last name? Uh, I don't know. We don't do last names on this show, except for the Blakes. <laughs> the Blakes. Just look up Dale Bachelorette and he will pop Dale up. Dale Moss. Dale Moss. For anyone who needs to get a visual here. I'm going to try to... Uh, okay okay yeah okay wow okay are you seeing him he's from i am seeing him okay (laughs) he's from south dakota which is cool Mm -hmm. wow he is gorgeous he could model if he hasn't already yes i would say so i mean can you really blame her for saying hey that's my husband (laughs) you know there's yeah that's okay yeah (laughs) Sorry, I just had to, I had to look up the visual there. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Highly recommend it to any, to any, um, anyone who is attracted to, to attractive men. So, <laughs> 10 out of go. 10 would recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's good to have a visual because I think he's going to play an important role in the rest of her time. So we haven't seen what happens or how anything plays out. But if you remember what I said um, back on our first episode when all this drama was coming out was that she was saying, I already know who I'm going to choose and was refusing to come out of her hotel room. Now this is all hearsay, but right. supposedly she's with Dale and like they got engaged Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know what's true at this point and what's not. So I am not a spoiler person. Reality Steve is the spoiler king of the Bachelor world. And a lot of people choose to like follow him. But I don't I don't like to follow that because I just don't like spoilers. I think it's more fun when I don't have them. So there might be people who know more than I do. But uh, yeah, Dale is going to be a main character. And I was under the impression that she was already into him because they had also been messaging before the show. But mm-hmm. whenever she t- ratted out Blake Moines about it, she told him, you're the only person that did that, that reached out. So oh. that makes me think I was wrong and got wrong information. So I don't really know. Maybe it was just like husband at first sight for Dale, but... <laughs> Like I said, can't blame her. He's a beautiful man. It's true. Previews make me think he's going to cause some drama. So I don't know. Love it. You know, got to have some entertainment. All I know from the previews is Chris Harrison at some point tells Claire verbatim, congratulations, you've just blown up The Bachelorette, which sounds... Okay. Wow, that's quite a statement. Yeah, it sounds very intense. So I'm very excited to see what happens. And of course, apparently in the coming weeks, we will have another Bachelorette, Taisha, because Claire will be outie. So I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. And hopefully... I guess whenever that happens, we'll have a recap episode and you can educate me on what all happened. Oh, for sure. Whenever the switch happens, I'll update you and the listeners. So 
I'm looking forward to it. That sounds really exciting. I'm sure that was a stressful time for the ABC production staff, but at the same time, like, that's pretty good, like, exciting, juicy drama. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever these things happen that are just so wild, I know in the moment they have to be freaking out, but then they've got to be taking a step back, knowing these producers, thinking... This is gold. We're going to milk it for all it's worth. (laughs) Right, exactly. And they know how to, for sure. There you go. You got to take what you can get and just roll with the punches. More updates to come um, in the coming weeks when big things happen. Wonderful. I love it. Moving on to the other premiere that we are super excited to chat about. So freaking pumped. I literally left... I left choir practice early because I wanted to make sure I was going to get here on time. My hubby picked up some ice cream, Sonic Blast, the trick-or-treat version. Totally recommend. Oh, yes. Good. It was a party. We had a great time. Yes, I was so thrilled. I will personally say, huh, when the theme song came on, I got chills. Yes, I did too. I was literally like, oh. All the endorphins, dopamine, all the happy neurons in my brain were just like exploding. I feel like it was probably like a firework display in there. It was like Disney World pre-COVID up there. It was just like, (laughs) yes, I'm so happy this show is finally back. And, you know, as much as it sucks to not be able to travel, especially internationally, it's just so nice to have just a little piece of the world pre-COVID when we could be an entire party and not worry about being coughed on or having like contamination problems. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's just going to be a nice breath of fresh air and we can kind of feel like we're traveling alongside these these contestants. I know it really is so nice to just watch them have that freedom that we all took for granted, especially us travelers. If you can't tell already, Anna and I want to be on The Amazing Race, so it's really fun to just live vicariously through these people in many ways. And part of our strategy for talking through all of these episodes We want to be as well prepared as we can for whenever we end up going on the show. So we may kind of bounce around some ideas on who we think, if we were in this situation, who we think would do better or which detour would be best for us personally or something like that. So let us know if you like that format. If you are learning who we are, then you can share what you think. Maybe you know us better than we know ourselves. So maybe you can say, I think you're wrong. I mean, sometimes you just need a third party. So maybe y'all can give us some advice. And then also let us know if you're watching along. Which detour you would have done, anything like that, what teams you're liking, because we definitely want to interact with you all. This is just fun. I feel like we've been talking about Big Brother for weeks, and that's not quite over yet, but I just feel like this is just so happy and lighthearted. <laughs> it really is. Yes, there's like U-turns every now and then, and some team drama maybe, but it's just a happier time. (laughs) Yes, for the most part, it's like, it's all about just learning about these people and getting to experience the culture of the countries that they go to, which is like my favorite thing. 
Yes. So fun. So there were 11 teams at the beginning of the episode. And based on the premiere, Anna, did you have any standout favorites, people that you like a lot or think will do well? Oh my goodness. There are so many good people. I went on and of course read the cast bios because that's a hobby of mine, I guess. Um, (laughs) I mean, obvious standouts, I think, have to be the three professional athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the professional volleyball players, the pro football players, and the Olympic athletes. So it's like, whew, that's stacked. Mm -hmm. However, I do love that The Amazing Race is not all physical strength. Um, You need a wide skill set as far as just like experience traveling, experience doing other activities, and a variety of intelligences is something I think that can really benefit people. So you don't necessarily have to be the strongest, the fastest, even the smartest, you know, it's just kind of a wide variety of things. So yeah, so those three professional teams are intimidating, I'm sure. That's how I would feel personally if I were in their shoes. As far as standout people, uh, I believe that I'm saying their name correctly. Alana and Leo who are the dating couple they both have on their glasses and they did this like really cool like synchronized thing where their glasses where they like took off their glasses like yes (laughs) I really (laughs) I felt that on a personal level yeah um I enjoyed that I always love teams who are on you know people probably underestimate them because of their looks Mm -hmm. and then sometimes people think they're way too smart because they have glasses for some reason. Mm -hmm. So they seemed fun. Same with Hung and Chi. They're the married parents. uh, And spoiler, they won. Kind of won. (laughs) (laughs) They were the first team to check in to the mat. They didn't necessarily win the leg, I guess. But I really enjoyed them. They seemed to have good chemistry and seemed to work well together. So those are the... (laughs) That's like half the cast right there. But (laughs) yeah, just like reading the reading the bios and watching the first episode, I am so pumped because everybody seems super excited and motivated to be there. So what do you have anybody that kind of stood out to you? For the most part, I feel like there are a lot of teams to root for, which is nice. It's always a bummer when you only have a couple that you like, but I think that there's a lot of good potential here. I liked all of the pro athletes. I think the volleyball players are really fun. Love the beards. I have a feeling that they're going to do really well. They're kind of giving me Brody and Kurt vibes as far as I feel like they're going to have a wide variety of skills. Um, Brody and Kurt were on the season with all the YouTubers and they were frisbee players. I feel like they're similar. That's a good point. I'm really glad Gary and D'Angelo did not get eliminated because I really liked them. So I got a good vibe from them at the beginning with their their intro. And then when they showed the Comic-Con thing, I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, for me personally, Callan is the sports person in our friendship. So I was like, yeah, they, they seem fun. Like, I always love a friend a friend team. Those are always exciting. And then, yeah, whenever they showed their cosplay, I was like, yes, I love these guys. Yes. I, something I can connect with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they have a fun chemistry. Definitely. I liked all the teams that you mentioned as well. And then I also thought Jerry and Frank, the father-son, were really cute. 
Yeah. I really like a father-son or like parent-child duo. I think that's a, an interesting dynamic. So yeah. I hope they do well. And then definitely Hung and Chi, I think are going to do well. They seem to be really good at keeping their cool. Um, so I'm excited for them. And then Will and James... I, yes. I hope they do well, mainly because James was precious and is a super fan. He said he's auditioned three times, so obviously we connected with that. And <laughs> I just want him to live his dream and do well. Yes, I loved that portion too. I was, I just, yeah. Seeing a super fan is always really fun and I think brings another layer to it because it's like if some people aren't really into the show, obviously they're going to be excited. But somebody who has watched probably every season, you know, he's auditioned a few times and it seems like he's really in a better position than probably he was a couple years ago whenever he was auditioning with like a parent or something like that. And like he said, he's really excited to be doing this with the love of his life and so that was really cool because it's like, well, you know, maybe it's worth it waiting for him because he was be able, he's able to do it with his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited for them. They seem like they're really fun and yeah, totally in it to win it, which we are always down for. We always love the super fans. And you just want to see people live their dreams. Exactly. It's so true. I did want to add that at the beginning of the episode, they did go to Trinidad, which is their first time going to Trinidad and Tobago, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. And also, I, th- I don't know if it was specifically this episode, but I remember reading that the Amazing Race has reached 1 million miles traveled. Yes. Which I think is so cool. Very cool. I think he said like during the season they were going to hit a million miles. So definitely really cool. So yeah, they did the fish little, it wasn't a detour. It was just to get their next clue where they had their fish and it had a lock on it. You had to match it with the code that was on yours and it also had to have the right colors. It's hard to explain if you didn't see it, but people had different strategies as far as like oh, I didn't realize I needed to remember the colors. Well, we'll just try the code on every lock, which didn't seem like the best plan to me. Right. I feel like you could definitely tell in that one that this was their first real challenge because people were kind of looking around like, uh, what do we do? Should we just mm-hmm. go with it? You know, asking other people for advice. So that was interesting to see kind of how people reacted to a challenge, I guess, like that. Yeah, definitely. So the portion with Kelly and LaVon, Kelly mentions that she is dyslexic, Mm -hmm. which is a topic that comes up in this challenge and then in the roadblock, which is next. And I personally don't have dyslexia, but I can only imagine what a challenge that could be on a daily basis. So I always love when shows can really highlight people who have those experiences and can have somebody relate to people who are watching in the audience. Mm-hmm. So I was she, I was rooting for Kelly hardcore because I'm just like, ah, she needs to get it. She needs to get it. I'm like, and I'm always down for the female, female teams. Yeah. If you've never watched The Amazing Race, there are a lot of female winners, but usually if there's a female winner, it's because she has a male partner. Mm-hmm. And it's a little more difficult to have a all-female team win The Amazing Grace. It's definitely been done multiple times, thankfully. But yeah, for some reason, 
whatever it may be, um, it can be more challenging. So I'm always rooting for the two, like the double female, I don't even know how you say that. Yeah. (laughs) The female, female teams, all female teams. I don't know. Um, But from, at least from this first episode, Kelly and LaVon are my standout all female teams. I feel like we didn't really get a lot from the other two female teams. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, they are definitely, I was pulling hardcore for Kelly. I was like, get it girl, get it. Yes, you got this. (laughs) I know. Like I did not want to see her go home on that and Mm -hmm. feel like she let down LaVon. So I'm really glad she got it. The steel drum roadblock. (laughs) I felt really bad for Gary and D'Angelo on that one too, because Gary was like, no, no, you need to do it. Because he thought it was going to... I mean, it makes sense. Like you, know, Yeah, you those clues a, are misleading sometimes. Yeah, they don't tell you exactly what it is until you're doing... You know, you already have chosen who's going to do it. So there's always a slight, you know, risk involved in choosing someone. So I felt bad for both of them. Yeah, I did too. So Roadblock is one person from the team. The teams choose who they want it to be. Um, But as the season progresses, you have to have a balanced number in Roadblocks. Um, that's somewhat of a new rule um, that hasn't always been the case since season one. So it's something that's changed over time. But this roadblock was the contest. The one contestant would learn a song on the steel drums. So yeah, it was really interesting just watching them like learn how to play the steel drums. I mean, Callan, who do you think we would pick in our hypothetical situation, who would be the person to do the roadblock? It's hard because the only main clue from that clue was steel. So I can see where mm-hmm. people would have thought, oh, it's going to be a strength situation. But some other people seem to have picked up that you would need rhythm. Right. Definitely looking at it, I would say you need to do it because... You were in the band in high school. You've got the musical abilities, and I do not play any instruments. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice of you. I did have that thought, too, that possibly knowing how to play an instrument could be helpful. However, some of those people who had played instruments had a difficulty with it. So I feel like as long as you have rhythm, mm-hmm. which, Callan, you do have rhythm. Well, thank you. I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, like I feel like you would be fine. You know, it's just a matter of like memorizing the numbers and learning how to stay on beat. So, I mean, if you have that, then I feel like you would do fine. But yeah, I agree. I I think that's something I may have pushed for if that's something that if we thought it was a musical thing. Also, a little unknown fact about me, <laughs> little unknown <laughs> fact about me <laughs> Um, at Disney's Animal Kingdom, they used to have people, cast members there who would teach you how to play the steel drums and no big deal, but you know, I got a couple lessons, so I'm pretty much a pro in steel drums. I mean, that was like 10 years ago, but I'm sure I still remember everything. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Heck yeah. Well, yeah, you've got to do it now. There you go. (laughs) 
that's amazing. So, yeah. So yeah, some of the some of these contestant real contestants really excelled with the steel drums and some people really had a difficult time with it. As you mentioned, Gary had trouble mm-hmm. and Kelly had trouble and of course Cody had difficulty with the steel drums. I feel like those were kind of the last three mm-hmm. people to finish. Mm-hmm. So that's always rough because it's like, you know, those people, as they see teams leaving, they're just, oh, it's just added stress. And if you've never watched The Amazing Race before, roadblocks are not something you can just switch out with your partner. So if they are struggling with something, your really only option is to wait and hope that your partner gets it. Or you can take like, isn't it four hour penalty? Yeah that you sit out and wait. So I really hope these people weren't there for four hours because that would be a really long time. But that's that's what makes it so hard, I think, too, is because your teammate who's doing the challenge is very frustrated, I'm assuming, and feeling horrible. And then your teammate who's not participating feels horrible because they feel like they can't help. Although you couldn't really help somebody in this scenario, I guess, unless you like yelled out the numbers for which notes they're supposed to play. But you're not allowed to do that in order to like steer them in the right direction. It's mainly you can just give encouragement or discouragement if you're that kind of teammate. So the roadblocks stress me out way more than anything else because yes I feel like being on either side would be horrible I think my biggest fear would be doing a roadblock and like not being able to get it done and being the sole reason (laughs) you know yeah home but that's just part of the game and you can't control that I don't know that's that's just part of it so who I always feel for people when they get stuck on a roadblock Absolutely. And I mean, that's kind of the situation that best friends Nathan and Cody were in, unfortunately. What did you think of the pit stop uh, activity they had to do on their way in? (laughs) I thought it was fun. I don't remember them doing anything like that, at least not in recent times. But yeah, yeah, they have goat racing there, I guess. So you had to hold on to the rope tied to a goat and hold on to it all the way to the finish line. Some of those things were fast. I was like, oh my gosh, give me a hover around so I can just like ride on the back of these things. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can definitely see why people let go of the rope because yeah, those things were flying. So, But Kelly and LaVon, I mean. Oh my gosh. Watching, they were literally in front of the goats because so, they are um, professional hurdlers, I think, or they were Olympic Olympians, which is even more amazing. Yeah. They were just like ahead of the goats or like, whatever. It's a yeah. piece of cake. Let's show these goats <laughs> how it's done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a fun little ending. And then of course, even though a team was eliminated, Nathan and Cody, they kept going. The race kept on going. So it's going to continue on. They don't get a break. It's going to continue on until, The next episode. Okay, am I the only one who felt like that elimination was super abrupt? I I don't know. I guess I was waiting for Phil to say something else. Because he, like, they, Nathan and Cody come up and he's like, I'm sorry to tell you you are the last team to check in. You have been eliminated from the race. And, like, it just felt like the the episode was over. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's it? (laughs) And I... I don't know if they're, you know, they're just trying to pack in so much. I mean, that's a lot of people you have to introduce in a short amount of time. But 
I always love two-hour premieres, and I feel like a two-hour premiere would have been more satisfying in this scenario. I kind of felt like it was out of nowhere. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I definitely, when they don't have to introduce so many people at the beginning, I feel like the exiting team gets a little bit more of an interview at the end, Mm -hmm. so I think they probably got cut short because of that. I even wondered if they were going to get eliminated because they were not stopping, you know, the leg was continuing on. But mm-hmm. unfortunately for them, that was not the case. With the leg continuing on, the two-hour premiere would have been great because then, I mean, I guess it would have been two eliminations, but it would have been fun to keep getting to know them. But I'm excited about the season. I think it's going to be a good one. I think so, too. Like I said, I'm super excited for the cast. We have some great diversity, which I'm super excited to see. I know that's something that a lot of reality shows and just like TV casting in general wants to go for. So that was exciting to see, even though, I mean, this was in 2018 that they filmed this season. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, they were already working to want to cast more diversity. So I'm really excited for that. Because I feel like in the next coming years, hopefully casting will, you know, get better about showcasing our makeup of our entire country rather than just a select few people. So that's exciting to see. Exactly. I really appreciated that as well. And I hope that continues. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode, though. It's going to be great, I'm sure. Yes, I'm just so excited it's back. It makes me so happy. Let us know if you're watching as well and what teams you're rooting for. As always, our Instagram, Twitter, and email is all linked in the show notes. And we will for sure be tweeting about all of the upcoming episodes of Amazing Race along with everything else we're watching. Until next time, I'm Anna. And I'm Callan. And the world is waiting for you. Thank you.